I've only heard stories. I've never seen it. In fact, I don't believe that any man has ever seen it. Legends have it that there was once a group of travelers that sought to discover its existence, and they did find it, but they never lived to tell the story of this missing medrash. When you will ask locals about the medrash's whereabouts, they will murmur under their breath, not wanting to say or mention its name for fear of what will happen. So they just call it the medrash of Reb Shimon ben Pazi. But to this day, no one knows of its place. And as I welcome you in to this week's special edition of the weekly Parsha podcast, we may as well title it The Curious Case of the Missing Medrash. For I received a tip a week ago that an upcoming Parsha, Parsha Sitzava, when the carbon tumid was to be discussed, that there is an incredible, supremely, potently powerful medrash that packs such a punch all about the carbon tumid. But this medrash cannot be found. But there is, however, a reference to it. And you will find that at the beginning of Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Khabib's Ain Yaakov in his introduction. He will go through the Medrash a bit outside, not bringing the entire thing. So I sought, quickly running to the Ain Yaakov to open up, thinking that perhaps this is going to be a tip to figure out where this Medrash is. Maybe I'll bring sources on the bottom and I'll be able to have something to say on the weekly Parsha podcast. Perhaps the curious case of the missing Medrash will be solved. Sprinting to the Ain Yaakov, I opened it up. It seemed as though someone had already been there before. The pages were seemingly creased, and that as soon as I opened it, the book seemed to open itself right to the page of Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi's famous Medrash surrounding the topic of the carbon tumid. I perused it, glancing my eyes from side to side, understanding the basic reading of the text. And then, darting my eyes down to the bottom of the page, seeing if perhaps this edition of the Safer would bring any sources. Perhaps maybe I would find this missing Medrash. And there was one source at the very bottom. The Medrash in Sifri. Perhaps I have discovered it. I walked back into the Otser Hasvarim in the Yeshiva. I found the Sifri. I found the exact page. To no avail, the Medrash was missing. The Medrash then, at the very bottom there, I found another note. It said from an Agadic note at the bottom, check for this Medrash in Mechilta. Again, I picked out that book, Mechilta. The book seemed to open itself. I was racing to find the missing Medrash. But like a haunted house, no matter every book, every door that I opened to discover this Medrash, it led me to nowhere except for right back to the beginning. It seems as though this Medrash is never going to be discovered. But not to be deterred, for we can still 
understand a bit of the power of this medrash based on how the Ein Yaakov brings it in his introduction. And I ask that you fasten your seatbelts as we jump in here to this curiously missing medrash. The Medrash goes like this. It begins with a rather daunting question. I wonder what you would say to it. But the Medrash says, the Enyakov quotes, that what is the most central verse in all of Torah? As if someone should ask you, what's Judaism about? But give me a verse. Don't give me the whole thing. Teach it to me on one foot. The first answer, Rabbi Akiva, a good one. Love your fellow as thyself. I reckon many of us would answer that. After all, the goal of life, to get out of our own heads, understand things from others' points of view, treat them how they want to be treated, that should hopefully lead us to seeing that life isn't about us, but it's about the creator of the world. It's about others. Benazai says, I have even a more integral, more central Pasuk to point to it. It's about that God created Adam with the Tzelem Elohim. God made humans in God's image, Genesis, the very beginning. And that idea of having a Tzelem Elohim, that is even more central. Maybe it would seem that the depth of our free will being compared to God it does also make a lot of sense that that would be the point of everything for all. we are the only ones that have a choice to do the mishpatim and the chukim. All the other entities of the world are just cycling about, following their instincts and fulfilling their chukim and mishpatim, but we have to choose to do it. Benzoma, he concludes with a different pasuk. He argues, I found an even more inclusive verse, and it is, says the Medrash, Says Benzoma, you guessed it. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. The very first line of the Shema. I won't even begin to explain it off cuff. For Maimonides Rambam and Sefer Mari Nevuchim says, even if one should contemplate it for many years, deeper and deeper lessons will sprout forth. I'll leave that to you. Bananas. He argues there's even one more that is even more inclusive. And in a strange turn of events, he quotes Rabbi Akiva's Pasuk, Perhaps he, he would agree. Perhaps this is all part of this curious case of the missing Medrash that will never be able to know the answer of if Ben Nanus is reiterating Rabbi Akiva, or perhaps he meant something different. But then it happens. My eyes feasted upon the glorious words of Reb Shimon ben Pazi, who would stand up and say that we have found an even more inclusive Pasuk than all of these. It is the most central verse in all of Scripture. Where is it found? In our Parsha, Parsha's Titzavah. What is the Pasuk, you ask? Es hokeves ho'echad the ace 
That's the Pasuk. The most central to all of Torah. This is what you shall offer upon the Mizbeach, two sheep within their first year, every day continually. The Tumid offering, the daily sacrifice. How can this be? This, going toe-to-toe, the Shema Yisrael as the most central verse. This is a post like that. Probably you are very well acquainted with, for it is reiterated every Rosh Chodesh. And again, when we read Parshas Pinchas, you probably, if you were on the spot and asked to lane it, you probably could. But yet, when one thinks about it, these sound interesting, but hardly the most central, the most all-inclusive verse in all of Torah. So like a hidden treasure map. I knew that this was the key to discovering perhaps the secret of the missing Medrash. For it makes sense to me that the power of this Medrash, the secret that was explained to me as to why this is the most important and central Pasuk in all of Torah, it was probably the real Medrash locked away because of how dangerously powerful the idea is. What's more, that in Ein Yaakov, when he cites this Medrash, he does give us one more detail, that the Medrash concludes that Rabbi Ploni stood up and said that the halacha is in accordance. We paskan la halacha like Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi. The most inclusive verse in the Torah is that the first lamb you shall sacrifice in the morning the second lamb you shall sacrifice in the evening. I was distraught. And like I said, I was given the secret to this medrash because I took my distress to the nearby sage who explained to me, why yes, you have discovered the secret. That without Rav Shimon Ben Pazi, without a sense of consistency, then your Shema Yisrael may prove hardly dedicated service to Hashem. He continued to explain to me that the secret is here, that every day dedicated service to Hashem, that's how you prove yourself to be a proper soldier in Hashem's army. And then he said, now the rest is for you to think about. And think about it, I did research I did that it makes a lot of sense that well if you are in fact trying to prove yourself as something so I debated in my head if if you're not consistent well then maybe you aren't that and I thought maybe that was what Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi meant consistency shows that you aren't a chameleon but You are gold through and through, not changing. A real gold, no matter how far you dig into its structure, it will never change, for it is gold through and through. But then I thought, no. It's more mistaver, it's more likely that the idea is that overnight sensations take many years to develop. 
that growth only happens as a slow growth process. That all the sages that I look up to, they all have white beards. For how many years? How much consistency? How many lamb offerings in the morning and the evening have they stuck to the process, continued without fail every day, a step forward, madrega, madrega, until they have reached where they are? I thought that Rabshim Ben Pazi is telling us that the only way to success, the only Hatzlacha to be an Eved Hashem is if you stay consistent with it. I then opened up a couple books, fact-checking, understanding. It seems, well, it's a hard safer to read that the great Rev Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin and its Siv, he points to this, a similar idea. And even the carbon tumbit that's given to us here, this Pasuk, it is oddly placed. It's stuck in right after the Kohanim's clothes, his priestly vestments were delineated, described, and then constructed. And then we get the carbon tumid, and right afterwards, Venayadati Shama, Livnei we then get the Summation of all of our efforts. Vikidashti as Oel Moe, Vesamizbeach, Ves Aaron, Vesbona, Vakadash Lachain Lee, Vishalchanti, Besoich Bene Yisrael, Zokdenitziv, for without consistency, for without Reb Shimon Ben Pazi's daily dedicated lamb offering sacrifice, not missing a day, staying steady, staying the course, sticking to the process. Without it, there can be no Vishalchanti Besoich Bene Yisrael. Judaism is based on consistency. I began to then think, of course this Medrash would be locked away. How precious is it? For it's the secret. How many of us take on large initiatives, but without any sort of consistency, nothing will show but small, step-by-step, step, the same way that we are taught that Rabbi Akiva saw drops of water dripping, step-by-step, drop-by-drop, could carve out a rock. That's how winning is done. That's how Torah is done. Every single day. And even if you should... Try to bring all the water in the world and smash it upon that rock to change it overnight. Nothing will happen to that rock. The only way is this a keves or echad tasa How powerful. But it doesn't stop there. I don't believe that we'd be off course to suggest that this is why the 10th of Teves, another negative holiday, or one of the fast days of the year, is commemorated because of Batal Hatamid. That was when the temple fell. That was the day that this daily sacrifice was halted. And wouldn't it all lead us because to the conclusion of consistency is what we're after? No off days, no off season, but staying the course 
day after day, and now that that had finally come to a screeching halt, something to fast about, something to mourn over. So until the day that one man does discover the ins and outs, the back and forth, and all of the different words in the depth of this real medrash with all of its glory until that day, this is what we have. But what we have is plenty. And we can conclude many different nafkaminas, many different new approaches to our own service, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, based on this medrash. One of the nafkaminas is going forward, it seems one should err on the side of less and more consistent than more and less consistent. Perhaps that would already be obvious to you. We can further deduce that even if one wakes up not in the mood, not feeling it that day, I won't even pray well, but still going through the motions, still keeping to the that keeps your drops dropping and keeps your consistency up, it shouldn't be overlooked, but showing up every day. That's what we're to do. And also when it comes to the study of Musser, we don't even need to guess because Rabbi Sral Salanter, when he delineates the 10 principles of Musser study, one of them is don't overlook even a minute or two of Musr study, but make sure to do it every day because the fruits are plentiful. Every single day. When we do it every single day, when we stay consistent, when we stay steady, when we stay dedicated, when we solidify good habits, that's when we reach Vishachanti Besocham, an inauguration of God living in our midst. So we're all trying to build something. Some trying to build themselves. Some trying to manifest objects, great things, eradicate negative things inside of them. We should remember that great things do not happen overnight. And if they did, it would be painful, unnatural. So just like orthodontics, when you're trying to stag, you put braces on put on some rubber bands, slowly the teeth shift into place. When we stay consistent, you wear the braces for long enough, the teeth straighten out. Great muscle from Rabbi Lopansky. The Mishkan was to be the central rallying point for the Jewish people, to be the heartbeat of the nation. And the day was to be bookended by this carbon tumid, this routine. And until we are able to rebuild the base Hamikdash and reinstall the carbon tumid, well, then we can, in our building of our Mishkans, of our manifesting, of God living in our lives, it's only right that we mimic the procedures of the Mishkan, and stay consistent in our dedicated divine devotion. This has all been concluded. 
from this curiously missing Medrash. This is really all that we have of this Medrash. Found in the introduction of the Ein Yaakov, and until the day comes that we get more information, we are left to conclude that just how powerful this Medrash is may be a proof as to why it was locked away forever. For us, we just need to remember, stay consistent, one offering in the morning, one offering in the evening, for consistency is key to bring Hashem into your midst. Can't the